<clears throat> My hope is built on nothing less. If all find out a sing together. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not cross the sweetest framework, only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. When darkness fell his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy hill. My anchor hold with end of hill on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. And all around my soul is waiting in all my hope and stay on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found dressed in his righteous let alone fall, let's to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Amen. Scripture reading will be read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. That's Hebrews, chapter 8. Verses 1 through 5. And it reads as follows. Now of the thing which we have spoken, this is the Son. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, in the heaven, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gift and sacrifice. Wherefore, it is a necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that these things are priests that offer gift according to the law. 
who serve unto the example of shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for see, said he, that thou make all things according to the pattern chewed to thee in the mouth. May God continue blessing the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Amen. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven. Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning. We are reading the portion of our health and our strength and closing our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and enrich you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the one that are present, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering them in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and bringing us into your marvelous light. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are a member of. We also thank thee, Heavenly Father, that we are in a church where sound doctrine is preached. And we thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the one that had the desire to be here but wasn't able to be. We pray, Heavenly Father, for every church door open and every person proclaiming your word this morning, Heavenly Father. We also pray for the churches that's having difficulty at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. And we say a special prayer for each and every member and their family and their friends here at Inglewood Church of Christ. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the thing you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. Pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling, or will be traveling. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from that destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved families. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down, comfort, and strengthen those families in the way that only you know how. And we say a special prayer for Sister Wiggins, who lost her sister. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen that family in the way, Heavenly Father, you know how. Amen. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones working on the front line. We just pray you will continue watching over them and keeping them safe. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, a 
do anything contrary to your word. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We also pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we will be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we, will, we look up to you where our help coming from. We pray, Heavenly Father, we will continue holding on to your unchanging hand. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper that he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we will listen. Your word will listen toward eternity. Because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, we are also doers of your word where we can go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's walking in darkness. We pray, Heavenly Father, they see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. And we pray for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 904 for the song of invitation. Pages 904 for the song of invitation. And for our next song selection, let us know pages 877. 877. Won't it be wonderful there? If all found, let us sing together. When with the Savior we enter the glory land, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Oh, church, now, won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear over there, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Oh, church, now, won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear over there, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Walking and talking with Christ up subner, no one. Won't it be wonderful there? Praising the knowing the matchless eternal one. Won't it be wonderful there? Oh, church, now, won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear over there. 
with joyously singing, with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Oh, church, now, won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear over there, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? There were the tempests will never be sweeping us. Won't it be wonderful there? Sure that forever the Lord will be keeping us. Won't it be wonderful there? Oh, church, now, won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear over there. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Oh, church, now, won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear over there. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful, wonderful there? Having no burdens over there. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? The song says, having no burden to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells ringing. Uh, won't it be wonderful there? That place of there is heaven's glory. Uh, it is a place where we can look forward to and certainly thank God for providing. Uh, as we continue to strive to live on this time side of life, it gives us hope uh, that one day, if we're faithful unto death, that we will receive that crown of life that fadeth not away. And that crown of life is provided, if you will, in, uh, in heaven's glory. We're so thankful to God this morning. We have been able to come together to assemble ourselves together, whereby we are uh, able to assemble to worship God and to worship him in spirit uh, and in truth. It is always a blessing uh, to be in the worship services of the Lord. Amen. Uh, there are many places we could have been and uh, places we uh, could have gone, but uh, on the Lord's day, we gather together so that we may come together so that we may worship God and worship him in spirit and, uh, and in truth. And only, only this place, only this gathering, if you will, uh, is able to do such a thing. It's able to allow us uh, to come together and to be what God desires for us to be in this worship service. That is, we are to come together and to uh, acknowledge his, his, uh, his long-suffering, his... his uh, uh, his mercy and his grace upon us. Amen. Uh, as we continue to uh, lift up our voices unto him, we do that as we give him that sacrifice of praise, uh, which is the fruit of our lips. Uh, we do that continually uh, and we do that in worship because we know that only God uh, is able uh, to save our souls. Only God is able uh, to provide that which we need in order for our souls uh, to be saved. Uh, and so it's a blessing to be uh, in the worship services of the Lord. I know that there are many challenges of life. 
that causes many to uh, to skirt and to uh, 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 to miss the uh, the worship services of the Lord. But 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 we have to understand that coming together in this form is part of us being spiritual. Amen. Being in worship is part of spirituality. Amen. Amen. It is it is it is gathering together. As John chapter four would help us to understand when he spoke to the woman at the at the well. He said, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem uh, shall men worship God. Uh, but God seeketh true worshipers, and they are to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so to be in worship is a spiritual thing. It's, it's not just about coming out of the world and out of the challenges of our, of our, of our current issues of life, but it's about being spiritual uh, when we're in worship. The sacrifices, the uh, uh, spiritual sacrifices, the gift of song, to be able to lift up our voices in song, uh, the, the opportunity to pray unto God and to uh, uh, read the scripture, to even hear uh, the preaching of God's word, and certain, certainly the taking of the communion and um, the remembrance that we have concerning uh, the bread uh, identified as the body of Christ and the blood, the, the, the wine, the fruit of the vine as the blood of Christ. Uh, these are spiritual things and certainly uh, something that we don't think about as often as we probably should is even our very resources that we give back to the Lord uh, is a spiritual matter. Amen. Uh, for the Bible says that uh, God gives us uh, what we need. Amen. And God is able to provide all of our needs. And so even when God blesses us to have resources, that's a spiritual matter. Uh, and we recognize what he has done uh, by giving back to us. I say these things because when we return back to our text and we look at uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 8 and uh, we begin to once again contemplate uh, what it means to be uh, in the in the in the true tabernacle of God when it when it comes to be uh, comes to be uh, uh, comes to uh, being in a place where uh, uh, God's uh, covenant uh, has been uh, uh, affirmed, if you will. We 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 talked about how uh, things in the Old Testament were very uh, material in that they they uh, were, were 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 presented to the the people and the people received it uh, from a external standpoint. It was more of just a practice that they did more than something that they actually believed and have committed their hearts to understand and to embrace. I, I share that in the, uh, the, the, the context of even Adam and Eve from the very beginning when they were uh, given God's word. That was a covenant that was associated with that and Adam being uh, having dominion, being the king, if you will, in Eve and uh, in, in the Garden of Eden, and and being there with Eve, they were they were they they had dominion, and and being that they had dominion, God had associated a covenant with them that He would bless them uh, if if they would follow after the covenant and the agreement. Uh, that was the holy place, if you will. That's where God dwelled. Amen. And wherever God dwells, that's where the holy place is. Amen. Uh, God doesn't dwell uh, uh, in a place where uh, 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 there is uh, uh, no holiness. And so we, we, we see that there. And then 
we, we, we know that that leads us to Noah's ark, and, and we talked about uh, the ark, and we were talking about the tabernacle, and the temple, and then the church, and then the covenant. And, and, and so, but, but I want you to understand that these things are not disconnected one from another, but they are certainly connected by these uh, underlying principles of spirituality. When, 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 when the ark was being prepared and uh, God built, uh, gave Noah the plans to build the ark, and last Lord's Day I said to you, be very careful that you don't associate Noah, uh, if you will, as owner of the ark. Noah didn't own that ark. Noah built it, but he didn't own the ark. Amen. The ark belonged to God. Amen. And, and so we know that because not only, if you will, did God provide the planning uh, for the building of the ark, we know that once the ark was prepared and completed, it was God who determined uh, uh, what went in the ark. Amen. Now, if it was Noah's ark, he may have determined something different. Amen. But it was God who determined uh, what would be in the ark. And finally, if those things are not enough to show where the true ownership lies, amen, it was God who closed the door. Amen. It was God who closed us. So, so we, we need to make sure that these spiritual constructs that we've been speaking about, the ark, the temple, the tabernacle, the church, the, the, the covenant, all continue to remain within the purview that is in the power of God. Because once we understand that, 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 that God is about gathering together, and he's gathering together in one place, amen, he, he, he's not scattering uh, and looking for everybody everywhere. He's gathering together in one place. Amen. Uh, when he, when, he, when, he, when he, he built the ark and uh, 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 gave instruction to Noah on how to build the ark, and Noah built the ark, amen, notice something here. Uh, there's no doubt that there were many boats out there. Amen. I mean, anybody who had a boat, they, they were fishermen. Amen. So somebody else had a boat. Amen. There may have been many boats, but there was only one ark. Amen. And, and, and when God decided that it would rain for 40 days and 40 nights, everybody who was saved was gathered together in one place. Uh, and that was in the ark. Amen. Uh, I know that might be a little tough for some of us to swallow, but we need to understand that the oneness of God didn't just start with the church of Christ. The oneness of God is all the way back in the beginning. Amen. And so we need to understand that. But, but so with the ark, we found that. And then with the temple and the tabernacle and the strong parallel between the two, identifying the various compartments that are within each one of them, the, the, the place which is where the, where the, where the common uh, uh, people came to offer their sacrifices. We call that as an example of, of the world. But then there was the holy place where the priests were. Only the priests could go into the holy place. They would prepare the sacrifices, if you will, so that they may be eventually, the blood of the of the innocent animals could be taken into the, whole, the, the holy of holies, which is where God dwelled. And only the high priest could go into the holies of holies with the uh, uh, sacrifice that was supposed that was to be placed upon the mercy seat and poured upon the instruments of worship within the uh, holies of holies. Now, now that same construct was in the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, remember, it, it, it's a tent. It was to be moved from place to place. It had to be portable, transportable, if you will, from one place to the other. So, it, therefore called the tabernacle a tent, and that's what the children of Israel did. They, they, they moved when God moved, and, and, and they, they took the tent with them as they 
were instructed by God. And they re, every time they put it back together, it was put back together in the same construct. It had the holies of holies, the holy place, and then, if you will, the outer court. And so we, we, we needed to understand that. When the temple became the physical structure, Solomon, amen, under David, built the temple. David was passing away. Solomon was given the authority. David was given the plan. Solomon given the authority to build the, 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 the temple. And so even the temple had, if you will, those, those, those three separate, if you will, uh, uh, compartments where there would be the holy place, the holies of holies, and then there would be the outer court. And so we have all of these constructs coming together in the same pattern, in the same structure, that God planned from the very beginning. Wherever God is, wherever God is, that is where God desires man to be. And the only place, the only way rather, man can get to that place where God is, is through the covenant. Amen. They had to obey the covenant. They had to receive the covenant uh, and implement the covenant in their lives. Now, in the spiritual sense, as we make our way, uh, and begin to transition our discussion, leading closer and closer to the significance of the church. We understand that we need to we need to understand that the the, the purging of our minds, the purging of our conscience, the, the the removing of those things which are of the world, the outer court, if you will, needs to become uh, 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 that place where the world is, but the holy place and the holy of holy place needs to be that which is now consuming our spiritual hearts and, and our spiritual minds. It is that holiness that God desires us to become. It is that righteousness that God desires for us to have. In order to do that, God says you have to purge your conscience from dead works. You got to purge your conscience from that which cannot save you. You have to purge your conscience from that which is ungodly. You have to purge your conscience from that which is unrighteous. You have to purge your conscience from that which is sinful and you have to purge your conscience from that which is unjust. You have to now put in it righteousness, godliness, if you will, long-suffering and mercy and grace and, uh, and, and kindness and meekness, all of these things now pour into our conscience because that's where holiness dwells. That's where holiness dwells. God doesn't dwell in all of that mucky muck of the world, the sin of the world. Where sin is, God doesn't want to be. Amen. God wants to dwell where holiness is. Amen. And, and where righteousness is. And, 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 so, and, and so that means, if you will, in the spiritual sense. And, 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 and so in the, we, we know we need to purge our conscience. We talked about how, how a man who has swept his house clean. And, and I come back to that parable for the sake of discussion. When we, he swept his house clean, his spiritual house is what the conversation is about. But, but then he didn't put anything in it after he swept it clean. And that which he swept out of the house, if you will, identified as one devil. Amen. Got rid of him and swept him out. But then when he didn't put anything in, that devil went about, if you will, found other devils and came back and took over the house again. Amen. And so what we're talking about here is that if you, if you, if you just get rid of that which you came with, amen, which is that, what you, that is what you should do, but you don't put righteousness in there, Amen. Something's gonna fill that void. Amen. Amen. And, and if you if you if you get rid of what you came with and you don't put that which you need to put in it, the world is gonna fill it back up. Amen. 
And you'd be worse off than you were from the beginning. Uh, so the consciousness is important. But, but God says, look, and, and so in John 12 and 24, he says, look, accept a seed, fall to the ground, and die. So you got to put that stuff to death. You have to let that stuff go. You, you, you just have to. Because you're, you're striving to embody that. Stay with me here. You're striving to embody that which you claim to be a part of. Amen. Right? You're striving to embody that which you claim to be a part of. Now, we claim to be a part of the tabernacle of God. We claim to be a part of the temple of God. Amen. And so in order for us to begin to embody that, that means that we have to fill ourselves up with the holy thing. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? See, 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 when the, when the, when the priests went in to the holy place, everything that was in the holy place were holy things. Are y'all with me? You see, when they went into the holy place, everything in the holy place was full of holy things. You didn't bring worldly things into the holy place. And the worldly stuff stayed in the outer court. Amen. Amen. That which is of the world, let it stay in the world. But if you're going to begin to embody that, which you claim to be a part of, you've got to purge the world out and put the holy things in place. Are y'all with me? And, and so he says, look, he, this, is, this, this idea of the old man being put to death, and, you know, this is a spiritual matter. Amen. Amen. That old man represents that which was in the outer court. That old man represented the sin of the world. That old man represented that which you need to get rid of. Are you with me? That old man represents that which you need to purge and, 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 and to set aside and to mortify and to put to death. And then you arise to walk in the newness of life. You follow what I'm saying? But if the old man comes out with you, the question is whether or not you're purging. <laughs> Remember in baptism, Peter made it very clear. It's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it's an answer of a good conscience toward God. And so when one presents themselves as a candidate in order to be baptized, we, we need to understand that's why, you, that, that's why it's important to teach people. Amen. You just don't put people in water to get them wet. Amen. You, you have to teach people why they are being baptized. Amen. Uh, you are being baptized for the remission of your sins. And the purpose for that is so that you can understand that, 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 that you were once in sin, but now you have committed yourself to do what? To change your life. To become that which God desires you to be. To embody righteousness, to embody holiness, amen, where God can dwell in you and you in him, amen. Ephesians chapter 3 and 11 through 14 helps us understand, look, 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 by faith Christ dwells in us, by faith Christ dwells in us, Christ is not going to dwell where there is no faith, the Lord have mercy. He's not going to dwell where there is no faith. And, 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 and not just any faith, but the faith. That's where Christ dwells. And so as we, as we continue to strive to embody that which we claim to be a part of, it is essential 
that we purge our, dead, our conscience from dead works. It is essential that we put the old man uh, to death. It is essential that the conscience of the spirit becomes that which is leading us and guiding us through our daily walk. Amen. Because we remember when, 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 when Peter writes to us in 1 Peter 3.15, he says to us, look, he says, it, 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 but sanctify, set apart the Lord God in your heart and being ready to give an answer to every man that asketh of you the reason of the hope that's within you with meekness and with fear. But he would continue to go on and under, let you understand that your conscience is now, stay with me, your conscience is now not run by the world, your conscience is now overseen by the Spirit. Amen. 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 So you purge your conscience from dead works so that you can empower your spirit the spirit can be empowered, rather, to guide and to direct how we manifest this holiness in our lives. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18, he talks about it is, it is done only through the, 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 the uh, uncorruptible seed. Luke 18 and 11, 8, 8 and 11 helps us to understand that that uncorruptible seed is the word of God. When I'm trying to, when I'm getting over to you here, and hopefully you'll understand. Look, when 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 we talk about the the the, the natural body, if you will, and the versus the spiritual body in First Corinthians 15 and 44, he gives us that understanding and that distinction when it comes to being natural versus when it becomes when it when it comes uh, when it comes to being spiritual. And look, in 1544, he said Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he says, "Look, the natural body it is sown a natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body." Amen. When we go down to the water grave of baptism, you, you ain't going to come up with smooth skin and those crow's feet under your eyes going away. That ain't, that ain't but you, you raise a spiritual body now. In other words, your life is now hid somewhere. And your life now becomes part of something different. Are you with me? Paul says, I counted all but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, look, he says, all the material things of the world, all the natural things of the world. He says, I count those all but worthless so that I can have a spiritual life. For his life is hid in Christ. And not only is his life hid in Christ, but Christ is hid in him. You follow what I'm saying? I, we have been sown, yes, a natural body. But to walk in the newness of life is about walking in the spirit. Amen. It's about being spiritual people. And in order to be spiritual people, once we swept our, spirit, our, our conscience clean, we must put the holy things in our conscience so that God can dwell in us and so that we can dwell in him. Are y'all with me? And so, and, and so when, 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 we, when, we, when, we, when we talk about in, in, in Psalm 27 and 1, he says, look, as our physical state will change, so must our spiritual consciousness. Yeah. Amen. We are, when we're outside of Christ, we are not only in the world, but we're of the world. Are you with me? Yeah. When we're outside of Christ, we're not only in the world, but we're of the world. Are you with me? Amen. Right? Everything that's in the world and of the world, is we are consumed by it and immersed in it. Right? 
How do you know that, Brother Culpepper? Ephesians chapter 2. Right? Children of disobedience following after the principalities and powers of the air. We, we, we get the text. Right? We're in the world and of the world. But we're outside of Christ. But when one comes to the realization that they want to choose a different path, the path that leads to everlasting life, then that individual needs to understand that, yes, your natural body is still in the world, but you're no longer of the world. Are you following me? God is not taking you physically out of the world. You are still in this place. But once you're in Christ, something happens. Your spiritual state changes. And so we're now in Christ, and, and when we're in Christ, and that spiritual state changes now, I'm still in the world, but I'm no longer what? Of the world. Because now I'm filling my conscience with holy things. Right? My conscience is not desolate and empty. But now I'm filling it with holy things. Because now I have become part of, stay with me, I've become part of the holy place. I've become part of the holy place. And so I am now part of the holy place, and now not only am I part of the holy place, and stay with me here, I'm now not only part of the holy place, but the holy place is now part of of me. Lord have mercy. You see, as newborn babes, we're still trying to figure this out. As newborn babes, we, oh, oh, I'm a member of the church. Mm. And that's good. But the question is, is the church part of you? I'm trying to slow this down. Because the, the, the significance of our obedience to God is not just to be able to say, I'm associated with God. But the blessing is to be able to say that God is in me. You follow what I'm saying? That's the significance of it. And so when, 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 when Ephesians 3 says that, that, that by faith Christ dwells in us, by faith the Holy Spirit dwells in us, by faith Christ uh, the, the, the Father dwells in us, and 2 John 9 helps us understand if you have not uh, a Christ, you don't have the Father. If you don't have the Father, you don't have Christ. And if you don't have Christ or the Father, you certainly don't have the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have either one of them, you don't have anything. Lord have mercy. We have to have that relationship with God, yes. But in that having that relationship with God, it's not just you being associated with the church, but now you become, and it becomes rather, part of you, right? Remember in the, in the, uh, in Corinthians, as a matter of fact, I'll come back to Isaiah. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 16, 
Paul says to the Corinthian brethren, he says, look, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? Lord, have mercy. Collectively, we need to understand that 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 as a, as the church comes together, we now collectively stay with me, make up the holy place. Are y'all with me? We make up the holy place because we make up the the tabernacle. We make up the temple. We become that place which God dwells. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God comes and he dwells with us. When we're in worship, God is with us in worship. God is with us in worship. And we are worshiping him. And we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Paul says, if you will, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. So not only are you connected to the temple, but God, the spirit of God dwelling in you makes God part of you as well. Are y'all with me? Let me show you something here. Look at Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8 very quickly. Look at Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to drop down. I don't have time to read all of this. Look at Romans chapter 8. And and I'm going to drop down. Uh, 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 if you will, into verse uh, number 8, in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8. Romans chapter 8, verse number 8. The Bible says, y'all have your Bibles this morning, say amen. Amen. All right, so Romans chapter 8, verse number 8, he says, So then they that are in the flesh mm, cannot what? Please, God. And and remember, Romans chapter 8 and 1, the, the, the thesis of this chapter begins with what? There is now therefore no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? But after the spirit. So when you go down to the watery grave of baptism, it is God's full expectation that you become what? Spiritual. That you become spiritual. And when you become spiritual, your conscience is now full of those, made full of those holy things, those holy things of God, which the foundation of those holy things of God come from the word of God, the covenant, right? Because you can't receive anything spiritual that's not coming from the covenant of God. All spiritual blessings come down from the father of lights. Amen. You can't get anything spiritual unless it's coming from God. Amen. And that which is spiritual that's coming from God is coming from his word. Amen. And Colossians chapter 3, 16 and 17 says, be full of the word. Be overflowing with it. Be rich with it. Because that is what, if you will, gives us the holy things of God into our life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8, he says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, but ye are not what? Wait a minute. Ye are not in the what? Why are they not in the flesh? But ye are not in the flesh. But what? In the spirit. Lord, help us, Jesus. Why are you in? How are you in the spirit? Because my consciousness has changed. I'm no no longer walking after the things of the world. I don't don't respond and react as the world had me responding and reacting when I did not have God in my life. 
But I'm changing, I'm growing, I'm evolving in my spiritual relationship that not only am I a member of the church, but the church is a part of me. You follow what I'm saying? And that's why the devil can't stand folk who are members of the body of Christ who understand that they are not only a member of the body of Christ, but the body of Christ is part of them. Because, see, when we gather together here on the Lord's Day and we worship God in spirit and in truth, I hope that when y'all walk out that door that you don't leave the church at this place. Comes part of you. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the, and that the and that and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So Romans eight and nine says, "But if ye if if ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you." Now, if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You can't claim that you belong to something. Unless that something is in you. Oh, Lord have mercy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a member of the church of Christ, but you ain't demonstrating that. Amen. So something is disconnected. He says, when you claim that you are a member of the body of Christ, then your life that is in Christ should demonstrate that. your life is evolving and changing and as it evolves and changes you are purging your conscience from those dead works so that you may demonstrate the holy things that are of God because you don't leave who you are at this building you carry who you are out there into the world Amen. And, 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 to be, and to be very clear on, the, on this particular point, let me tell you something. Now, we know we, Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the whole arm of God. Let me tell you something. When you put on that whole arm of God, part of that is knowing who you belong to. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If who you belong to only begins and ends at your, your ingress and egress of that front door or the back door, then let me tell you something. That is where your problem is when you're out there in the world. It's not dwelling in you. You just associate with it. <laughs> God says, look. When you're looking at verse number 10, look what he says. And if Christ, look at the, the preposition, if. And if, in other words, you better check. You better check and see whether or not Christ is in you. Amen. Because when you, when you have that spiritual relationship with Christ and Christ is in you, then you can continue to keep that body under control. Amen. Right? Right? Because don't, 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 don't get it twisted. It's just, well, I, I just obeyed the gospel. Now I'm all right. No, you ain't. You a target. Because the devil's going to get busy. Oh, you think you're going to be a Christian, right? Okay, yeah, let's, let, let's put it to the test, right? And if Christ is not in you, you're going to find out. Because those same things that you did prior to coming to Christ, they don't go away. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, you take it up a notch. 
there's a challenge when you, as a newborn babe and desiring the sensitive milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. You're becoming full of the word. A newborn babe is suckling and, and drinking that milk and, and growing from that milk and becoming. And the, and the purpose and intent of consuming that milk is that you are able to become stronger. Right? It becomes part of you. And you're becoming stronger. And such it is with the word of God. As we consume the word of God, it is for us to become spiritually stronger. So that we can overcome those things that are in the world that continue to buffet up against our holy place. Paul would say to the church at, church at Rome, he would continue on, he says, look, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of what? Because of righteousness. In other words... I cannot allow my body to conduct itself in the way that it was conducting itself prior to me becoming a member of the body of Christ. Because now I'm in the holy place. Lord have mercy. I might be foreshadowing a conclusion here, but that's all right. I'm associated with the holy place. But if the holy place is not in you, then there's a problem. How do I know this? That's why God says, when, he, when Peter writes, judgment, you hear I'm going, begins first at the house of God. And if it first begins in us, then where shall the unrighteous and the ungodly appear? Why would Peter say such a thing? Because there's a whole lot of folk who may be associated with the church, but the church ain't in them. Amen. Lord have mercy. When you go into the holy place in the Old Testament, when the priests went into the holy place, they had to wash themselves. Are you with me? Back door. They had to wash themselves because it was essential that even from the, the outward appearance, there had to be a cleansing process. So they, 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 they not only washed themselves, but they changed their clothing. Are y'all with me? Amen. They had to take off that which represented the world and put on that which represented God. I don't think y'all hear me. Amen. They're going into the holy place. You can't just walk out of the world into the holy place without change happening. Amen. Lord have mercy. If you try to do that, you can find yourself dying in the holy place. Amen. Lord have mercy. Y'all didn't hear that. Judging to begin first at the house of God. Well, I was going to worship every Sunday. That ain't the question. Yeah, we know you were associated. But was it in you? You have to ask that question. Why would judgment begin first at the house of God if everybody in here is holy? God knows those that are his. And when I say everybody in here is holy, I'm not necessarily talking about 323 South Eucalyptus and Inglewood. 
but the church as a whole. The oneness of the church. The association with the church is just not enough. It's not that you associate with the church, but it's the church in you. And if it's in you, then you are changing your life. You are, you, are, you are now doing things that's illustrating and demonstrating that your conscience is changing. Right? So that you can be seen of God. For God doesn't look on the outward man. God looketh on the inward man. God looketh on the heart. Let me get back to this priest that's walking into the holy place. After being washed, after changing his worldly clothing and putting on those clothing that represented God. Let me tell you something. That's what we see. Right? I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. We probably don't want to read each other's mind either. But God knows what's on our mind. And God knows what's on our heart. That's why. When the priests went into the holy place, and certainly when the high priest went into the most holy place, there had to be a means whereby they were able to pull them folk up out of there if, in fact, something went wrong. Are y'all with me? The world was not invited. Sin was not invited into the holy place. And so if the priests even in the washing, even in the changing of the clothes, from an external standpoint, appeared that they were holy before God. To the outward people, those who can see from the outside, they say, oh, well, he washed himself, he clothed himself, and, and then he went in there, and then look, look, look. But when they got in there, if their heart wasn't right, they died in the holy place. And they had to drag them up out of there uh, with ropes. Amen. And such it was with the holies of holies as well. Because only the high priest could go into the holies of holies. The high priest, in the robes that they had on, at the base of the robe, there were bells. And as long as they could hear those bells chiming, they knew that the priest was all right. When those bells stopped chiming, they started pulling. <laughs> Lord help us. Because they had they realized that that priest went into the place not ready to worship God. Because God doesn't look on the outward man. God looketh on the heart. Pretense isn't good enough. Pretense is pretending. And 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 and, 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 and if you if you believe somehow that pretending is going to get you into heaven's glory, I bring you back to the example that I just showed. God knows those that are his. Judgment begins first at the house of God. And if it first begin with us and where we shall the ungodly and the sinner appear. And, and so we find ourselves back in Romans 8. And, and so he goes on and says, look, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies 
by his spirit that dwelleth in you. It's not only good enough to say that I'm associated. The spirit of God must dwell in you. And the spirit, the spirit knows. And the spirit can make testimony concerning those that are God's. Are you with me? Verse number 12. Therefore, brethren, we are dead as not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, accept the seed. Die. That old man. You have to mortify the deeds of the body. And arise to walk in the newness of life. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, verse number 14, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's actually Aramaic for Father, Father. But nevertheless, he goes on and says, the Spirit itself bears witness. Lord have mercy. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. You see, God is not looking on this outward external stuff. God is looking on our hearts. We can dress up and look good and smell good, but God is still looking on our hearts. And the Spirit is making that witness before God. That we are the children of God. Are y'all with me? And surely in the day. When judgment comes. The spirit has already made these intercessions during your life living. But you need the ultimate advocate. The one mediator between God and man. When judgment comes. You want Christ. To be able to advocate. On your behalf. That you are a child of God. But here he talks about how the spirit. Bears witness. With our spirit. Now you have to understand the idea of a witness here. Right. Because physically. When it comes to being a witness. The, 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 the idea. Is that that individual who is claiming to be a witness. Has observed something. Whether by sight or by hearing. Amen. Maybe even by smelling, there's some sense of that individual's body that has now experienced some external event. And now they are a witness to that external event based on some sensory perception of that person's body. And that's how that person becomes a witness. Now, that's in the physical sense. In the spiritual sense, we need the spirit to be a witness. Are you with me? And the spirit doesn't only look on, the spirit rather is not looking on the physical. The spirit is making testimony with our spirit. Amen. Amen. The spirit makes uh, uh, intercession with our spirit. He's a witness of where our spirit is. Amen. 
And, and that's the blessing of being not only a member of the church, but letting the church become part of you. And the church becomes part of you because of the spirit. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon, Paul says, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Lord have mercy. You know, sometimes we give so much attention to that which is happening outside of us and not enough attention to that which should be happening within us. Oh, oh Lord have mercy. The things that the devil has left in the world will forever affect the life of those who are striving to become children of God. It's not going to stop. Even Christ said that the devil only leaves for a season. But he comes back. Right? You can wound him, but you can't kill him. You can resist the devil, he'll flee, but he's coming back. You can give him not place, but he'll find another door to come in. You have to continue to be diligent in the development of your spiritual life. You have to be watchful. We talked about keeping your head on a swivel and being circumspective. Seeing what is going on around you, but don't let what's going on around you distract you from what needs to be going on within you. You see? Because see, my body can become infected. In the flesh. And I can become sickly in my flesh. And, 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 and in my flesh, there, there may be something that happens where, where the doctors don't have any kind of resolution to help me deal with whatever is happening in my life. And they may, in their prognosis, give up on me and say, there's nothing else we can do. And, and then when that happens, if you will, my body is deteriorating, it's, it's breaking down. But understand something, even though my body may be breaking down... My spirit can still be strong. Because my spirit is not yielding to the weaknesses of my flesh. My spirit is not responding to the medicine that goes in my flesh. My spirit is responding to the bread of life, which comes from the word of God. You follow what I'm saying? I, I have been in the presence of people who were on the so-called deathbed, and, 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 and they were passing. And let me tell you something. Those individuals have more life on their deathbed than some folk who are walking around. And folk will tell you, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Don't weep for me. I'm ready to go. And you have to get into that mindset where you understand that, that we, need to, we, need to, we need to differentiate and make sure that we understand that there's a difference between passing from this life and passing into eternal life. Yeah. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. 
See, we too busy about, we too busy with our mind focused on passing from this life. Instead of being focused on passing into eternal life. Paul says, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course. Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me in that day. And not only unto me, but also unto all those who love his appearing. Paul understood something. Paul said, I may be transitioning from this life, but I'm not transitioning from this life into a lesser life. Stay with me. I'm transitioning from this life to a greater life. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know for you it's best for me to be with you. But for me it's better to be with Christ. Lord, have mercy. Paul understood. Don't focus on the fact that you're passing from this life. Be focused on the life that you're passing into. Are you with me? If I fought a good fight, if I kept the faith, I kept the devil at bay the best I could. Did what I could to wrestle with him, fight with him. Wrestled my body, kept it in subjection. Made sure that the spirit knew who I am. Amen. Knew who I am. Amen. Knew who I am. Not who I was. Lord have mercy. See, I had to stop there. The Spirit knows me. And if the Spirit knows me, then Christ knows me. And if the Spirit in Christ knows me, God knows me. And so when I get to that point where I've done all I can do, and now my body is at the point where it can't do anymore, my spirit is still waiting on the glory of God. I may pass from this life, but I'm not passing from this life into a lesser life. I'm passing from this life into a greater life. And that's eternal life. And Paul lets us know that when that mindset is in you, you can live what Jesus says, I have come. That they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, when you're living abundantly, you're not living abundantly because of what the world can offer. You're living abundantly because of what God has offered. Are you with me? Yeah. Romans chapter 8, he comes back and he says to us, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We're going to suffer. Amen. Amen. In this body, you're going to suffer. Because it is, it is a biblical fact that the body... <coughs> It is a biblical fact that the body goes back to the dust of the earth in which it came. But the spirit goes back to God who gave it. And so you're going to suffer in this body even as God allows you to live. And some of us live a long time. Amen. And in those days that you are living, that body is breaking down every day. Amen. It's breaking down every day. Lord have mercy. I take more vitamins now than I did I am in my life. Amen. 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 I'm, 
doctor says you're deficient in this, you're deficient in that, you need to take this and take that. You know what? I take it. Amen. Amen. I take it. I do what I can. Amen. Amen. Even when it comes to, you know, some folks, some folks say, well, why are you exercising? Profit, uh, uh, bodily exercise profit is little. Yeah, I'm going to get as little as much as I can. Right? I'm going to do what I can. But I know ultimately, no matter what I do, my confidence is not on what I can do to try to sustain this body. My confidence is what God is able to do to save my soul. But I don't waste it. I don't squander life. I live an abundant life. Because I'm living my life for Christ. Amen. So that when the time comes, when when God desires and my calendar coincides with his calendar, and that time is for me to go, I, I want to be able to be like Paul. I want to have some sense of confidence that the Lord has a crown of righteousness that fadeth not away. Are you with me? Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Abraham was called a friend of God because of his faith, his righteousness. Moses was considered to be righteous before God. The people of Hebrews chapter 11, the roll call of faith that we call it, we're considered to be righteous before God. If we can just strive to have our spirit be identified as being righteous before God, then we're going to be all right. Let me hurry here. In Romans 8 and 19, in Romans 8 and 19, Paul says, look for the earnest expectation of the creature. Waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shed, uh, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. That is, is until the time of Christ. And not only they but also ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even when even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth yet he hope why he why doth he yet hope for? But if the hope for that we see not, then to do, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Wait a minute. Infirmities are in the flesh, not in the Spirit. Did you hear what he said? The Spirit that knows our spirit, that witnesses with our spirit, that maketh intercession for our spirit. We are the creature. We are the created. God is the creator. And look what he says. He says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth, also helpeth our infirmities. In other words, let me tell you something. The doctors can only do so much, but I know God is able Amen. to do all things. Amen. And so even... Even in my physical flesh, and I go, I, when, when I get, 
they're writing it for the right thing. Amen. Right? When they put that fluid in that needle, and I don't know what that fluid is in that needle, but I'm letting them stick it in me. Lord, I pray that they put whatever the right fluid is in that needle, and I pray that when they stick that needle in me, that they only stick it in once. <laughs> that they hit whatever point they need to hit the first time. Amen. Amen. Right? Help me with my infirmities. Amen. Amen. I'm praying to the Lord. Amen. Lord, guide their heads. Right? Lord, guide their hearts. Ain't nothing worse than land up in a hospital with a bunch of cruel folk. Boy, I wish I had time. All that have titles ain't worthy. But we know that God is able. And so I pray to the Lord, and, 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 and I know that praying to the Lord as, a, as not only being associated with the church, but the church being in me, I'm going to call on the Lord. Right? God, guide their hands. Guide their hearts. Right? If I have to stay in here a couple of days, make, 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 it, make it like I'm, I'm on vacation. They taking care of me. Comforting me while I'm in here. For we know not what to pray or how we should pray. For as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which we cannot utter. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow and also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things if God before us? Who can be against us? I need God in my life. I need God in my life because I got a whole lot of folk. I need some help. I, 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 I need a spiritual defense wall. Amen. Amen. Because my flesh can only do so much. But I need somebody who can, who, can, who can move and see into the dark places that I cannot see, that I cannot move in. I need somebody who can see into the spiritual realm and put up some walls of, of, of faith and shield around me. I need God in my life. I know the devil's always working and busy in different places and high places. But as long as I have God in my life and I trust in Christ, I know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are working with me to protect me. And to keep me. Paul says. I know. In whom I have believed. And Paul says. I know. He is able. To keep that. 
got the phrase. Amen. You know, they, they didn't have a problem when they were coming over here eating pork chops and steaks and, and stuff. And, and as soon as Joe's life started going upside down, all of a sudden something wrong with Joe. And Joe's like, you weren't saying this, you were coming over here eating my pork chops and steaks. But now all of a sudden something's going wrong, and then you're going to start saying, Joe, you go, it's because you done did something wrong. You were an unjust man. And Interesting, the devil doesn't need a reason to accuse. The devil does what the devil does because the devil is the devil. That's what the devil does. You follow what I'm saying? He don't need no reason to accuse you. Because when God calls, you can be the most healthiest person in the world, and guess what? 
So I have Sister uh, Stewart. Yes, Sister. Uh, good morning, church. Good uh, Brother morning. Culpepper, thank you so much for that uh, sermon. It was just right on time. Thank Amen. you. I appreciate you. Yes. And I want to thank the church for.